Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hey friends, welcome to Equipped to Be. I am so excited. We have a very fun guest and we're going to be talking about worry. And I don't know about you, but do you worry? I do. Every day, there's something to worry about. I mean, you turn on the television and there's headline after headline that strikes fear in us, that makes us worried. Our kids do things that make us worry. Will we ruin them? What giant will they have to face and how will they conquer it? Well, we're going to dive into worry, what you can do about it, and not from a like surface level, what you can find on Google. I have invited Carrie Eichberger to the show. Now, she is an author and she writes about worry. And you know, often when you write about something, it's usually because you've walked through it, you're walking through it, and God just laid a big message on your heart. So please welcome to the program, Carrie. I'm so glad you're here. I am so excited to have this conversation about worry today, Connie. <laughs> we were talking a little bit before. We have something in common. Yes. We both have five children. Mm-hmm. And you know, now that my kids are adults, I'm still battling <laughs> worrying about them. I don't know if it's less worry or more worry because now they're out on their own and I don't know what they're doing. So don't that can lend that. itself to all con- <laughs> that can lend itself to all manner of worry. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was texting my daughter texted me the other night. Now all of my children are out of the house, living on their own, paying their own bills. That does happen, by the way, just in case yes, any good. of you are wondering. <laughs> there comes a time where they move out from under your roof. And they established their own families. But she had texted me at 12 midnight. Now, you think, you know, I wrote that book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, right? And we talk about teenagers. <laughs> you would think that when the teen years are over, I'm not going to be staying up all night long dealing with children. Mm. Well, midnight, she sends me a text. Are you awake? <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't. But sure, what's up when you get a text at midnight? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am wide awake. And, you know, she wasn't feeling well, and she wanted to run some medical things that she was concerned about across me. And so we talked through that. And of course, I was then up till two in the morning, praying Uh for her, worrying, is she going to be okay? Do we need to go to the hospital? I'd give her good Uh advice or bad advice. And, you know, I love that we're going to talk about worry, because as much as we like to think we have slayed that beast. And I think, you know, as we talk about it, you'll also be in agreement. Even though you're an author and you write about worry, do you ever worry? Oh, goodness. That's um, one of the reasons I wrote this book. Let me just tell you, I 100% was a worrier. It's a really kind of, I find it ironic. Then again, I don't, you know, that I wrote a book about worry because years ago, I would have never dreamed, even if I had a dream of writing a book, which I did at one point, worry was the last thing I would have thought I would have written about because yes, I was a worrier. And, you know, yes, I have five kids, like you said, but after three, I was maxed out. It felt like more kids, more worry. And that was sort of my story. The more responsibility I had, the more worry that seemed to follow it. And it didn't matter. You mentioned the age difference. It didn't matter what ages they were. It was like a different phase, a different worry. 
just when you think you've conquered one, another one pops up. But God was so good to me to really teach me how to resolve a lot of that, which then opened the door to being willing to be obedient, to say yes to one more child, which ended up being twins. So now that's what (laughs) made five. But you know, it was interesting. I was growing so much through the whole process. As I had more on my plate, I knew I needed to dig deeper. So as I began writing, I really wanted to just meet people where they were and meet their needs. And I just threw out an online poll one day asking what the things people struggled with. And that was one of the things I put on the list was worry. And that was the number one thing they were asking for help with. And I thought, no, no, please, I shouldn't even put that on the list because (laughs) I really wasn't so sure I wanted to tackle that beast. But I realized, and somebody once had said to me, you know, Carrie, if you are one step ahead of someone, you can help them and probably even give them a little bit more because you've been there and you can relate to where they've been and they might want to listen to you. Like, you know, it's hard to tell somebody to do something, what works for you and and give them resolution when you've never experienced what they've Mm. walked through. So I really did some digging into my past. And so, like I said, yes, I was a worrier. I still am. It's something I'm constantly working on, but I have come so far. I'm excited to share with you more about that. But to answer your question about me being a worrier as well, yes, uh, I've come so far by the goodness of God and really digging into seeking Him in specific ways. But it's, you know, an ongoing battle, you know? You know, it's interesting because I think about these verses, cast all your cares on the Lord for He Mm -hmm. cares for you. Yes, we do. We cast them and then we reel it back in. You're right. (laughs) And so, like I was saying with my daughter, I text my son this morning and I said, hey, you're on my mind. And it was just this, you know, a random, it's not something I send him every day, but I said, you're really on my mind AKA, I'm worried about you. How are you doing? I mean, we code name uh-huh. things. Uh-huh. And no, we can generally be concerned and not have that be worried, but it's such a slippery slope. And yeah. so I had sent him a text, hey, I'm really thinking about you and concerned. How are you doing? And I asked him about his finances. Well, because we all know trying to go grocery shopping these days, and you know, you have five mm-hmm. kids, so your grocery budget's huge. Yes. And you're like, okay, everybody can have two bites of apple. That's all we can have. I'm sorry. (laughs) So he texts me back. Now, my texts are either late at night, like I said, with my daughter at midnight, or when I wake up super early, and I'll send them a text so that when they wake up, it's there and they can't miss it. And he's like, ha, so funny. You said that. Uh, Yeah, work has been a little slow. I'm trying to figure out a few things. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a difference. And I would like to kind of talk a bit about Mm -hmm. the difference between like general concern, like we would Mm -hmm. have for our kids, they're facing challenges Mm -hmm. with technology, with social media, with the culture in general, just straight up culture. Don't even dare turn your television on unless it's black and white. But you're facing so many things that could actually make you worried. So Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about the difference between genuine concern, Mm -hmm. God lays something on your mind, something on your heart, a struggle your child's having, or something you see that's a potential issue maybe with a friend, and -hmm. versus worry. What do you think about those? You know, it's it's interesting. This has come up before in in discussions, and I've had to really think more about it because, you know, you're right. A lot of people, they don't realize they worry. They want to call it other things. And really, there's worry woven through so many of our thoughts. And I started thinking about when does a thought become worry? 
And it really seems to me when there is that absence of peace, a thought that you have that's a concern and you cannot find peace in it, almost that underlying sense of anxiety is starting to sort of boil and it starts to consume you. I think that that's the beginning of worry. Then we can do many things with it. When there's that piece that's missing, there's so many levels of it. You know, I mean, we can have worry that's debilitating to the point that it can become full-blown fear. And I think it's what we do with it. That's sort of, to me, the key is when you first have those little feelings of worry, what do you do with that? And that's a big message in my book even and because I talk a lot about how we learn worry as we experience life. And when you experience situations and experience these feelings and you're void of like the proper place to place it, which is really on God and to like speak truth over it because it's the enemy. The enemy is feeding us these little bitty lies. And it's like, how do we handle those first initial thoughts? And if we allow ourselves to believe the lies that Satan is telling us, it can escalate and overwhelm us and turn into full-blown anxiety and kind of a war of fear even. But if we take that worry and acknowledge that this is not really a truth, if we can nip it immediately, and I have to start speaking those truths from the get-go and say, okay, when this worry begins, I have to remind myself the fact that, okay, God is in control and that he loves me and those involved in this situation. That can initially, for me, that's how I have to start. And I'm doing this because I've really gotten to the root. So under every worry, there is a really a root of fear. And, and that's something that I really dig deeper into in the book. A lot of times we just want to call these things worry at the surface. But if we were to ask ourselves, why am I worried about this? There's always an answer to that question. And when you get to the bottom of it, there's fear at the root of all these little bitty worries that we have. And really trace it back to two larger fears, and it's a fear of helplessness and a fear of being unworthy, being unloved. I then tackle those two. If we can really speak the truth of those two things, we can really resolve and fizzle a lot of the fears and the worry as well. So I know I took that to a a deeper place than where you were going, but I think just kind of like on a surface level, I just see worry as an absence of, of peace in our thoughts. That if we don't place that where it belongs, you know, and sort of like scrub it up against the truths of God, then we can allow it to take us to darker places and allow that worry to escalate and start to consume us. So like the examples I gave you, you said helplessness and unloved. I talk about fear, and I love that you brought it back to fear. In both examples that I used about my daughter texting me and me texting my son, You know, those go to your two root fears, and that is, one, the helplessness that we can feel absolutely helpless. There's nothing we can necessarily do. Now, I know you're taking this completely internal there. Mm -hmm. It's like, where is our motivation and drive coming from? But it does manifest itself Mm -hmm. in all areas of our life. I want you to unpack the fear, the worry about being unloved. Are, Are you talking about rejection? Are you talking about where is that coming from? Yeah. And really the word I use in the book, when unloved then goes down to the sphere of of unworthiness. Mm. So rejection, I think then if you ask, what am I afraid of being rejected for? It might be unloved, but we're afraid of being unloved because we feel like we're unworthy. Mm -hmm. Those are somewhat interchangeable, but I sort of believe when Mm -hmm. I looked at that word, I felt like that was more the underlying fear was of of unworthiness. I should have said that. But yeah, and helplessness as well. So, and I think that it's those two things that we then say, oh, here's these two fears. Now we have two truths that we can 
speak over these Mm -hmm. and prove these areas to be lies because we are never helpless because God is all powerful and he is always there. And I think when we remind ourselves of that and the fact that we are always worthy because God loves us, it sounds so simple, but I would say like, okay, if we can believe with every bit of our being that God loves us and we are so loved by him and we have worth because of the unconditional mm-hmm. love that he, like unconditional love he has for us, love is more than anything in the whole world. If you understand that, and if we understood that he is powerful enough to do absolutely anything, he has everything in his good control. If we had those two things, like what in the world would we have to worry about, really? Because, and same with everyone in our path that we're worried about. You know, I think about these fears I have or these concerns from our children. I, if I go down and say, why am I worried about their financial status? Why am I worried about their emotional well-being? And I go down to it all. At the end of it, I find that like, it's that helpless feeling many times in that situation. But I knew, and I was like, if I was so confident that God is there and he is always our helper and he will always provide a way out and he's capable, then what would I have to worry about? You know? So I have to just remind myself and speak those truths. And that's really what I I unpack. And again, it sounds so simple, but I spend, you know, 224 pages talking about this and applying it to our life because it's hard and the enemy wants us to believe otherwise. So I don't want you to give away all the information, but like, what are some of the things that you do when you're unpacking it, when you're wrestling with it, whether it's, you know, cultural issues or your faith? Like, you know, God, where are you? I've been praying for this for ever and nothing's changing Mm -hmm. or I'm not changing or, you know, my spouse or my kids or circumstances. So what do you do? Give us some tips of what we can do. Yeah. You know, this question has been asked to me before and there are so many things I've even realized myself because I put a lot of this in the book and I also realized that it can change for me at different points in my life. Consistency is the key to do any of it consistently. But, you know, I had to realize that I had learned a lot of the wrong habits to handle my worry and negative thought processes and all that. And you're right, the world teaches us so many things. We have to understand we've relied on the world to give us the answers and we have to really relearn how to allow God to be the foundation for the truths that we believe. For me, it has been years. What I have had to realize is it's the song that's written on my heart is what is my go-to in those moments when you don't know what to do. When we dig down and we understand and acknowledge what it is we're truly worried about, and we really can pinpoint what is that fear, understanding what those two truths are, and biblically knowing those words, that was the beginning of it for me, but then it's lifting it up in prayer. So it's surrendering and exposing to the light and saying out loud, and you know the Bible tells us, like you said, to cast our, all our anxieties and to bring our concerns to Him in prayer. And even just in doing that alone, immediately peace will wash over us. I am a firm believer that whenever I pray, there is just immediate sense of peace, even if it's not 100%. I may not feel everything relief, but there is a little bit, even if you can stop where you are in any moment of worry or of fear. And while I'm praying, there is, it's almost like it's just this natural immediate effect. First of all, acknowledge God is there. He is with me and in prayer, lifting it up to him, lifting it up to the light immediately. Well, 
smooth some peace over that situation. Now, again, as soon as I say amen, the worries can smack me in the face again. And that's when a lot of other things, just disciplines that I talk a lot about in the book that we have to learn to adopt. And and that could be, you know, one, studying the Bible more and the practice of prayer and just incorporating that throughout your day. It's not just in the morning when you get out of bed. It is that, but it's also practicing throughout your day. Maybe it's with, you know, music and interjecting that in your habits and switching over your country music station to your Christian music station here and there. And it's journaling. It, there's so, And I think for me, and this is many people, the more we see worry in our life in certain seasons of life, we have to sort of incorporate more of these practices. And there are you know, like I said, there are so many things to do and it's, you know, it's community, it's Bible studies, it's people. And then it's practicing once we understand these truths and we see more peace show up in our life and we find a little bit more joy. It's then practicing those things, practicing peace and practicing joy and replacing worry and fear with those things. A lot of times, I don't know about you, but I avoid a lot of life because of things I've worried about, you know, and and I talk about this too. I am someone who has always had a major fear of flying. And for a long time, I allowed my worries and my fears to keep me from doing things that surely God would want me to experience. I mean, I have dreams to travel to Israel and Italy and across the country and visit people. I've got a a niece getting married across the country next month. And, you know, worry has kept me from so much joy in my life. And there's so much I could go on and on. And yes, I do unpack it so much more as far as how that practically looks. But hope that gave you a little taste. (laughs) So let me ask you a question. In your research, do you feel or have you found that some are more predisposed to worry than others? Some people are more anxious by the way God made them uh, than others. What are your thoughts on that? 100%. And this is another reason I thought I was a good candidate reluctantly to write this book because that would be me. And I realized, well, I guess it was in high school, I had a situation that I experienced that really brought on a lot of fear that led to panic attacks. And I didn't know what was happening. And I sort of unload this in the book a little bit too, but that was the beginning of seeing something that was more of a physical, you take fear and worry and it turned into something physical for me. And then later on in college, it escalated. I then got some medical help. And again, I'm someone to say there are definitely people who are more predisposed to worry because they have anxiety and that is just their wiring. But to me, we can use the same methods to cope. God to me is still the answer, even though there is a time and place for medical intervention. And there definitely was for me as well. Oh, I think that's important to acknowledge. There is a time and a place for help, especially in the anxiety. We see what's happened Mm -hmm. in the last few years. We have a society now that is more gripped with anxiety and depression and fear and worry than we've seen in previous generations. We've been through a lot. Our children have been through a lot. We have been through a lot. We're still going through a lot. So I think it's important to acknowledge that. And you brought something back that I I think I want to expand on a bit, and that is 
yes, you may be more of a worry wart, as people mm-hmm. would say, or you're just more concerned about things, uh, about the world, about, you, you know, you just feel this passion to save the world from its self-destruction. And there are people that are like that. There's people that do have panic attacks, anxiety issues, but it still comes back to, is God who he says he is? Is his word still true? Is it still active and alive and powerful? And if it is, then that applies to all people. Not just some. We have to be careful. I'm a a huge proponent of understanding ourselves, of knowing our strengths and weaknesses, our shortfalls, our shortcomings. I'm a huge proponent of knowing all of those things. I think they give us a peek and an insight into how we are made, but I strongly encourage us not to slap a label Mm -hmm. on ourselves and just say, well, I'm just like this. Right. guess what? Then that's an important area for you to take before the Lord, because Mm -hmm. that may be your area. I have my area. Others have their areas, and they may all be different, but we can't hang a hat and give an excuse as to why we don't lean in to the Lord, why we don't wrestle through our struggles, our anxiety, our worry, and whether that's getting counseling or whether that's taking medication, if that's what you and your medical team decide that is what's best for you to help you get where you're not so filled with anxiety. But we can't do those in exclusion of, and we have to absolutely come back to what you had said. It all comes back to God is living and active and powerful. And his word does change us. And even if we candy coat things and we make them funny and we say, oh, you know, I don't worry much, just a little. Okay, well, then you take that little to the Lord. And so when you were writing this book, I always find when you write something, (laughs) you always get lots of opportunity to live out what it is that you're writing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Without like giving a spoiler alert or something, tell our audience Maybe it's not the big thing, but it was just one thing that you noticed that you had to face and work through. Oh, gosh. Well, there's a couple things. And, you know, particularly, I'll tell you, I mentioned the whole piece about my fear of flying. Mm -hmm. And I did not decide until after I probably wrote the seventh or eighth chapter. I can't remember. I was getting near the end. And Uh I thought, I felt so good about the things I was saying and God was giving me the words. And I had lived a lot of these things. And I had so much, I think, encouragement to offer to others and myself. It was encouraging to me as I'd read it back because I needed it still. But I thought I couldn't rightfully finish this book without tackling my greatest fear, which was flying, and use everything that God had given me, all these tools, and see, all right, where did this land me? And now I had no idea how this was going to go. because, And I hadn't flown in eight years. I'll just tell you that. And there was a lot of other reasons I hadn't. You know, the, I had the kids and just time didn't allow necessarily. But a little bit of me was not excited about it either. So I thought, let's just try this out, see how it goes. So in terms of living it out, that was, and I was a little worried about this experience because I didn't know. <laughs> I love how you just said that. See, you did it. You did what we all did. I just a little bit, not like debilitating, yeah. but just a little bit. It is. It's just, yeah. just a little bit. It it's was, common yes, to all of was. us. So I, mm-hmm. I do have to ask you this because we're coming up on the end of our show. Did you buy your airline ticket? Are you flying across the country? Will you be going to the wedding? 
I am going to the wedding next week. I am going Woo-hoo! to the wedding. I am. So, and I'm going to take this book with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in the window seat, take a picture and have that book right out by that wing of the airplane. But there's so much, you know, we've just really scratched the surface oh, now. Obviously, yes. we've done more than just a, a quick cursory look of what is worry. And I know, listeners, I know this was beneficial and helpful to you. There is not a one of us that does not worry unless you're completely like in your own zone and you're just, I don't know, maybe I've met a few. I don't know that I've met anybody that doesn't have some. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's always not enough money, not enough food, not enough, I don't know, whatever it is, but it's common Mm -hmm. and it's something we all face, whether your kids are like mine and they're grown or they're like Carrie's and you're in the middle of the trenches and you're facing the culture that's rapidly changing, and I get concerned, I worry about my grandkids. And I have to constantly take my thoughts captive to the Lord and remind myself in my situation, Carrie, that my kids, my grandbabies, they're just one and seven, well, Mm -hmm. one years and six six months old. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just oblivious to life. Life Mm -hmm. is great, you know, they're Mm -hmm. playing with their little toys and life is happy. And and I have to keep reminding myself they were born for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And if you are struggling with worry, you are born for such a time as this. God has put you right where he has you in this season of life with or without children, whether they're teens or littles or you have babies. You can trust God. God's still the same God that he was. And none of this is catching him off guard. So, Carrie, as we wrap up, I, I want you to tell everybody like where they can find you and friends, just so you know, everything will be over at ConnieAlberts.com. Links to her book and to her social media sites and her website. So that'll all be there if you miss it. But Carrie, tell folks where they can find you and leave us with a parting message. I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. <laughs> you can find me at Carrie Eichberger and uh, my book is on Amazon. Uh, you know, and if I could just leave everybody with one thing, I just want to just remind you that any worry that you feel, any fear that you feel, that is not of God. And because it is not of God, it is the enemy. You truly have the power within you to overcome and win over it. You mentioned labels, and we do label ourselves with, this is the way that I am. But I just want to give anyone that encouragement that either has small worries, which we all do, like you said, or just has large fears they feel like consume them. With the power of God that lives in us, we have the power to win over over that. And I just Mm. hope that gives you some encouragement today. Amen. And y'all make sure you order Carrie's book. I have the link on ConnieOpers.com, but the book is Win Over Worry, Conquer What Shakes You and Soar with the One Who Overcomes. Carrie, thank you for being on the program. It's been a delightful conversation and I just appreciate you taking your time out of your day. I hope you can get out of the closet now because (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know what life is like with five. You're hiding somewhere. Um, Anyway, but thanks for coming on the Equipped to Be program. And friends, thank you for tuning in to Equipped to Be. We are honored that you tune in every week. Make sure that you write a review. Those are so important that you would write a review about the Equipped to Be podcast. Give us five stars and tell your friends. Share it. If you love a friend, tell them about Equipped to Be because you are equipped to be a doer of God's word. Thanks for being with us. Carrie, we'll talk again in the future. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, 
please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.